Welcome home to, to the, the Loving Consciously, Consciously Podcast. My name is Amanda. And my name is Eric. And if you are like us, nobody, nobody taught, taught you how to love. love. We are best friends and life partners here to vulnerably and authentically share our seven-year journey to unconditional love. Our mission is to help you learn how to love consciously in all of your relationships so we can journey together towards a more effective, intentional, and fulfilling way of giving and receiving love. Loving, Loving Consciously. Consciously. Together, we have overcome neurodivergence, mental health, addiction, pregnancy loss, infidelity, and grief. After six years, the lack of knowledge on how to heal or love each other through these challenges led to our separation. After us both spiritually awakening and recommitting, we built our new conscious partnership founded on unconditional love and a commitment to personal growth. Thank you for joining us as we put it all out there to show you the duality of our love's pain and beauty. And remind you that you have both the capacity to love consciously and the power to always, always choose love. Welcome back to the Loving Consciously podcast. We are so excited for this episode today. It is episode number seven, and we are going to be talking about loving both realities. And this is definitely not only our favorite episode thus far, but probably our most teaching content heavy episode. We have a lot of of insight and wisdom and tips for you all today so stick around till the end before we get started we have been away for a couple of weeks because two weeks ago we left Oregon we said see you later to Oregon and all of our friends and said goodbye to the house we are selling and officially became full-timers in a day it will be two weeks that we've been full-timers and we are loving both realities of this life the first week was pretty challenging we had our second and third leak as we were still working to repair the first one and our first warranty claim. So that was a process of learning how to get a mobile tech and deal with leaks in an RV. And, you know, everything is well now. It really has just been this adjustment of these challenges of finding new routines and being in a small space we just run into everything and just finding our groove. That's that's really what it is. That's just kind of a part of life. It's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows. On the flip side of that, last week we were in the Redwoods for a week and it was magical and mystical and so healing and so grounding. And this week we are in Redding, California for Mount Shasta and Lassen and you can probably hear the dogs. It's just been really beautiful to reconnect with each other, reconnect with nature, have our dogs with us. We hiked, I think it was like four or five miles on Mount Shasta with the dogs and, you know, just being in such a spiritual and high vibe, high energy place has been really great. We are here. We are loving both realities of this life. We leave on Sunday. We made an impromptu change to our itinerary. We are going to Tahoe and Reno for like four days. And then we will do Sacramento, San Francisco, San Jose, Pinnacles, and just keep zigzagging down California. So before we get into the kind of core sections we have here today, we wanted to give you our biggest tip right out the gate at the front. So if you can't listen all the way through or for whatever reason you don't, this is probably the single most important, impactful, and useful thing that you can do in your life right now in every avenue to radically change your existence. And it's as simple as eliminating the word but from your vocabulary and using the word and instead in anything that you're communicating. And I'll give a whole bunch of examples of this. In essence, the word but really 
just discredits and it's very triggering to egos it's to mine to eric's to to most people and subconsciously i don't even think we realize that and when we started doing this it's just mind-blowing what a change it was some examples i love you but you're upsetting me i really want to do this thing but you know etc like whenever you are saying something positive and then but and then something else it's just it's so negating of that reality and the way to love both realities and the way to consciously love and communicate or one way to more productively do that is to use and i love you and i'm experiencing some emotions of fear right now you know that is we've found just so so helpful and we've given this tip to a lot of our friends and unanimously have heard like I've been trying that thing with using and instead and it really just it lowers conflict it's been so helpful Um, I find people don't get as defensive or offended and it's really worked for us so I genuinely try to and you've probably heard us you know maybe even correct ourselves on this podcast but i really try to not use the word but and sometimes it's difficult this has been one of the most important tools in our tool chest in reducing conflict and showing up with love to honor each other's experiences because that's the key thing with the word but is as you said it negates the previous experience that you're talking about anything that comes before the word but the word but basically just strikes that out and then we tend to put our reality the key here is loving both realities and and (laughs) is the word to use to really bring and honor both realities in the light yeah and i will even like when i communicate i will say the first sentence especially via text and then a period and then the word and and then a comma to make it really clear it's this and this it's not black or white life is gray and loving both realities means saving space for both of those i hear you that you want to have this conversation and i need some time for myself you know not like I know that you want to talk, but I can't right now. The but right there is just kind of like, I know you need this thing, but what I need is more important. And so, and is really essentially saving space for both of those things. I know you need to have this conversation and I need some time before we do. Yeah. And really what that is, is honoring the perspective and the realities that each of us are having. Because as individual beings on this planet, we are all observing things we are all reacting to things and we have a tendency to live in our minds and our minds tell us our reality is the reality and so when we take a step out of that and say okay what is reality what is a perspective and start to understand those things we can begin to meet each other in the middle and so Kind of getting into the fundamentals of what reality and perspective are. Reality are the things in life that we can objectively observe and verify to exist. Reality is truth. Objectively, the sky is blue. Perspective is our point of view or our way of thinking and understanding of something. For example, the sky is baby blue. The sky is a dark deep blue. 
we reference things based off of our past experiences and our perspective is kind of our lens over reality yeah you can apply that to anything reality is you know it's cold outside and perspective is it's really cold or it's cool something else we really wanted to cover in this groundwork intro is perception creates reality I've shared this before. This was something my father said to me all the time. Your perception creates your reality. And the reality of this conversation today, if there's one thing that you can try to hold in your mind, because our minds, our egos, they will try and fight all of the things we're about to tell you, is that if a person believes something, it is their reality, period. If I believe that the sky is purple, then in Amanda's reality and existence, the sky is purple. And you can argue with me until we are both blue in the face that no, it's baby blue. If I believe in my mind and my reality and my perspective and my experience that it's purple, whether, you know, the other 8 billion people on the planet say it's blue or not, I have chosen the reality that it's purple. We have some really great examples about limitations around perception. When we were in the Redwoods, we saw the most incredible and magical giant vine maples. Like everything in the Redwoods is just a hundred times the size it is everywhere else. And it was really incredible because we had some vine maples on our old property and they were really tiny. And I remember having this download of if you have hadn't seen a regular sized vine maple, then you wouldn't appreciate how massive these vine maples were and you can apply that to anything. That's a really great understanding and example of there are limitations to our perspective based on what we've seen and what we've experienced. We can only create our perspective and reality based on what we know. You don't know what you don't know. That to me is like ultimate humility and ultimate discernment and wisdom is understanding I haven't experienced everything in the world. I don't know everything. And so maybe my perspective isn't accurate to reality. The example that I had on perception limitations was based off of a childhood story that I was told about blind mice. And essentially the core of the story is these blind mice are walking around an elephant and each tiny mouse is feeling and smelling and touching one part of this elephant. One's got the foot, one's got the ear, one's got the tail, and they're yelling out, no, it's a paintbrush, no, it's a whatever it is that they are experiencing, and then they're creating conflict with one another because in their reality, they are so sure, no, this is a foot, this is a stone tree trunk. I mean, this is absolutely this while the other person is touching the tail. The reality is that we are all experiencing our own perspectives that are based off of our past experiences. And none of us have the whole truth. We get part of the truth. When we start to take a step back and really, really accept that our reality isn't the only reality and we come with humility to conversations with others and have what's called healthy conflict, which is talking through disagreements, it's talking through different perspectives and honoring one another as you're doing that. The goal here is to return to love. It's to find resolution with one another. And so rather than fighting one another and pushing our perspectives and trying to push the other person to accept our perspective, if we can just show up at the table and say, hey, this is my experience. What's your experience? And let's try and find in the middle what's true. 
Yeah, I just imagined, like, all of humanity as little specks on this giant planet Earth, and that's just what we're living in right now. Like, each one of us is this little speck in our little tiny bubble, in our little tiny reality. Most people have seen so little of the world, and then you just see people, you know, arguing and and fighting and conflict and all over, you know, no, this is the right way, this is the right belief, this is the right religion, this is the right view of God, you know, that's the big one that comes up in my mind is like God, source, creator. Man, do people really like to have that kind of three blind mice moment where it's like, no, this is this, and I know it, and I feel it, and I've experienced it, and, you know, just remembering again, like, we know so little of the universe, we know so little of our own planet, I mean, so much of our own planet is still unexplored. We're going to move into kind of the core of this that was just laying the groundwork of what is reality, what is perspective. Really want to encourage you to keep an open mind and understand that we all have different perceptions and realities and we are limited by what we've experienced, what we know. And so moving into this next section here, we want to talk about finding resolution and returning to love when there's conflict or differing realities. The reality of conflict is that both parties, regardless of what happened, are in pain, are in suffering. There is no bad guy. When we sit together in the hurt, regardless of who caused it, and Amanda's going to say this part because (laughs) it is a tongue twister, but go ahead. Yeah, it's you are hurt. I am hurt that you are hurt. I am hurt that I hurt you. You are hurt that I hurt you. And so, right, it's just like this, you could play with that for, for days on ways to say that, but it doesn't matter. There's no bad guy. Like, who did what? We're both hurting. I care about you and you're hurting. And if if an action that I caused that you identified with created suffering in you, there is no bad guy. Yeah, and a trap that can end up here, and that's definitely shown up in our relationship too, is, for example, when I've hurt you in the past, is then getting stuck in the shame and that spiral of saying, now I'm hurting because I hurt you. And then you seeing that too. And so recognizing the humanity in one another is important. Recognizing that we are not perfect and being able to see and love one another unconditionally, being able to meet each other in that pain and say, instead of saying, hey, you hurt me or I hurt you, saying hurt happened. So now that hurt has happened, let's hold one another in that space and save space for that essence And saving space for that essence is a way to come back together as a team, working towards the same goal, which is to resolve and have loving connection with one another. It's to return to love by knowing that you and your loved one are having the same essence experience, manifesting through two different perspectives as two different realities. Yeah, that last part. Same essence experience, y'all. Two different perspectives, two different realities. They're both real. They're both valid. And that's something I've added to my vocabulary and it probably annoys some of the people in my life. Every time someone shares something with me, I try to say that I save space for your reality, that perspective is valid, your feelings are valid. I will never, you know, negate someone's perspective and feelings you know obviously it's different when we're talking about truth like if someone says you punched me in the face and I didn't punch you in the face I'm gonna respectfully correct that missed truth love that like saving space for that essence if you can just remember to the core we have this love and this essence experience and we humans on this planet are not enemies 
and I'm going to try not to get really fired up here, but governments, politics, wars, these things are keeping us divided. It's fear-based thinking, and I talked about this in my podcast episode I just released. I read this incredible book called The Mastery of Love, and he talks about how humanity is inflicted with the disease of fear. A lot of people say, like, the core emotion, like, everything can be dwindled down to one emotion, and that's fear. And fear is the opposite of love. And love is what we're here to talk about, right? Love is the essence of everything. Love is the universe. God is love. The greatest of these is love. And so when we are in this fear-based thinking of, you are a threat to me, you are other than, you don't share the same perspective as me, this versus that, and this very black and white thinking, it has bred this culture and this humanity on this planet of just really divided, if you don't believe what I believe, believe and you don't share the same perspective and reality as me, then we are enemies. When we come together and give space for each person to have their perspective, it's challenging and it's really effective because while it requires you to honestly and consciously put your ego, pride, whatever you want to call it, aside and listen to the other person, it allows space for you to respectfully share your perspective. The way to do that is focus on yourself. Focus on your actions. Focus on how you went to ego, aka not pointing the blame, right? Not, I wouldn't go up to Eric and be like, you did this and you did that and you did this. And we hear a lot like, use I statements. Even I statements aren't quite enough. Loving consciously is sitting down and saying, I identified with the emotion of fear. I did not control my reactions. I chose to believe negative perceptions about your intentions, whatever it may be, that's coming in and focusing on you and your actions. And then when you're both in that common ground space, then you can say, you know, I would really like to share my perspective. That is, in essence, you know, coming together and, and sharing a space for both realities to exist. In the society that we live in today, we tend to live from a place of separation rather than a place of unity and oneness, which is the truth of the world. We are all one. We are all of the same God, source, creator, whatever it is that you resonate with. And when we can see that love in one another and use that to ground, rather than saying this person is separate than me, and they caused me harm. Believing that narrative that our egos and our minds tell us that this person did something to me and therefore now I'm feeling this thing. Everything that we feel comes from us. Part of what you were sharing, Amanda, is coming to the table and, you know, more than just the I statements, it's sharing that experience, sharing what you're feeling in a non-accusatory way of coming up and saying, hey, this was my experience based off of what happened. Not accusing you. You didn't do anything to me. This is just what I felt. And so then when you can objectively take that experience without any blame, without any responsibility, with no bad guy, and then come together as a team and observe it, that's how you can start to rewire the patterns in your relationships together by saying, okay, this is where I can take responsibility. This is where I can take responsibility. I didn't know that when I did X thing, you felt X thing. Something I'm sitting here thinking about is just 
how much time and energy I spent the first six years that we were together pointing the finger at you. And I really truly believe that everything that we point out in other people is either a reflection of something that's unhealed in us or a reflection of our reaction to, you know, the potential for that in ourselves. It doesn't work, y'all. Like, it doesn't work. We spent six years playing out this pattern of you're wrong, I'm right, my reality, that's not truth, like your reality's wrong, you need to see it my way, you caused this, you're the bad guy, you, 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 you. And I mean, even just saying it, I feel the weight and the exhaustion of all of those years. And we're not perfect, this still happens, this still happens as recently as like today, this morning. It's just now there's so much more presence and commitment to understanding and understanding that I create my reality. I choose my emotions. I am in control of my thoughts, belief, emotions, reactions, actions. There is absolutely nothing that anyone does or can do that causes a behavior or an emotion or anything in me. A really, really high level example here, we did a couple's subconscious mind session together And Eric's life coach, who is brilliant, had us work through, basically go backwards on our egos of a time that we get upset at each other and, like, what our ego tells us. And in a nutshell, mine was, I'm angry at Eric because when there is conflict, he emotionally checks out or physically checks out and abandons me. And what we got to in that was going all the way back. And again, this is a really high level and it would take a lot of time to explain. In essence, he helped me work through getting back to I abandoned myself. When I chose to identify with the anger, when I choose to not hold my partner in love and compassion and empathy and hold him in my mind for the beautiful and kind-hearted person that he is, I am actually the one creating that reality. I am the one abandoning myself. I am the one causing my own pain and trauma. Eric didn't cause it. It was my choice to react that way. It was my choice to identify with my ego and my mind that created that. And that is profound and really, really difficult. I mean, to sit there and look at some of these most painful moments of my life and realize it was never anyone who hurt me. It was never anyone who was wrong. It was always my misperceptions. It was always my lack of love, my fear-based thinking. I share that to just really help you all see that we're all in this together. We're all you know, learning to overcome our minds and our egos. And this leads into the end here, right? Like we want to give you some loving reminders as you journey through your relationships and journey through conflict because loving both realities is generally in a time of conflict or disagreement or misalignment, if you will. It doesn't always have to be conflict. And above all else, remember this. We create our own realities. We choose how we react and we're in control of our thoughts, emotions, and actions. Thank you so much for sharing your experience. That was very vulnerable. When we were working with Brandon and diving into some of the subconscious stuff as well, one thing that came up for me was my my fear and the, the fact that I lived in fear for a very long time of conflict. It runs all the way back down to my childhood, you know, trace that line all the way back, but really understanding that you know, I had this belief that I was projecting on my partner 
of that I wasn't safe, that I didn't feel safe whenever there wasn't whenever there was a perceived conflict. But really that conflict was always in myself. It was always my mind telling me, hey, you're not safe. There's this conflict happening. Over time, it's been a reprogramming of that, taking your power back and really understanding there is no conflict. You can be running around the chair that's on fire like Wile E. Coyote, which I have a tendency to do. And then sometimes you stop and you realize there is never a chair. You can take a step back, take a breath and understand, hey, I am in control. I am putting my energy towards love. I choose to see my partner as love, as a reflection of myself and God and being able to really take apart and see past the ego on your end and on their end and just see them for the inner child that they are and love that. Because when you can use that part, ground yourself and remember why you love that person, whether it's romantically, whether it's a family member, whether it's your best friend, just remember what is that core aspect of your relationship that ties you together. Use that to navigate your way back during conflict and you can never go wrong. I'm not crying. You're crying. (laughs) That was perfect and leads us right into our closing here, which is something I think we've said before. I've definitely said before. We will keep saying taking your power back and choosing to love consciously means understanding and accepting that the answer is always to look inward and focus on yourself versus trying to change the other person's perspective and choosing love and choosing those tough moments choosing to face them with courage and grace and patience and compassion these are emotions i can't speak for everyone but i can you know speak for for us and and definitely myself that we're not always taught as children and i think as adults we have you know a duty to ourselves and to the future generations and to children if you have them to do better and i know we can do better and we have been spending the last couple of years the last year specifically trying to learn how to do better and this is our act of service this is our message to you all this is how you can do better the next time that someone shares something with you and you feel triggered or it is a different perspective or a different reality and you feel all that stuff starting to come up and you feel the finger coming like you want to point the finger and you want to go into attack mode just take a breath Take a second, remember the love, chant in your head, have affirmations, whatever you need to do to like self-regulate and remember, I am not my emotions, I am not my thoughts, I choose love, this person's perspective is valid, this is my partner, this is my sister, this is my best friend, I love this person, I know who this person is in their core regardless of what they're saying or how they're behaving or how my perceptions of them is creating emotions in me, that's your responsibility to work through. And so I loved what you said about the inner child thing because that is something I have found to be incredibly effective. If you can look at the person that you love, whatever relationship it is, and see them for their essence, see them for their soul, their godliness, their inner child, it makes it so much easier to love consciously, love both realities, and move forward. Really have compassion for one another. When we can see each other as our inner child and really see how all reactions and all emotions that are coming out and being projected onto each other are really coming from ourselves and truly at the core of it is pain. 
painful experiences from our past. And so when we can see that, rather than believe that they are lashing out at us or whatever it is that our egos tell us, when we can bypass that and see the truth, we can then love them enough to support them through their experience. We can learn to love them anyways, which is something that uh, my uncle who's passed now preached to us every single time that we talk to him is to take that person that you have conflict with, that you're struggling with, and love them in the face of whatever it is that that you're experiencing together. And self-regulation, like you said, is the key. We have control only over ourselves. The more we try and control the other person or bring their energy levels down or try to change their perspective, it's just going to push them further and further and further into separation. It's just going to heighten the ego. And so when we really focus inward and regulate ourselves and meet them with love and meet them with compassion, ego can't live there. I mean, it's, it's the whole fighting violence with love. You can't fight violence with more violence. It just creates more violence. And so that translates into our conflicts as well. When you meet the ego with love and compassion, it disarms it. And then you can come together in love again. The answer is always love, y'all. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here with us today. We are so grateful for your time and your energy. As always, we love you all. And we get this right most of the time. <laughs> and we just do the best that we can with what we have And always remember that when we know better, we do better. Both realities exist. We can love both realities. There is no one answer or size fits all to this. Thank you again for being here with us today, and we will see you all soon.